Good morning, everybody. We're so glad to be with you guys. Eastview family, it's good to start another all-church study together again on purpose. I hope you're ready. One last appeal. It's not too late. Day one is the day. Go do it. Some of you guys are going to get to heaven, and God's going to go, hey, you're in. Why didn't you do that study? That's what he's going to say first thing when you get there. So let's go get them today. Let's get started on this. I really believe God wants to do something amazing through us as a family. And if you're visiting with us today, maybe a family or a friend or somebody invited you online to be with us, we're so glad you're with us. And I want to give a shout out to Bill Kay in Bloomington and Chuck in Austin, Texas. Tyler, my executive pastor in Haiti, watching with his family down there. Bless you, Tyler. Jazzy Judy from Illinois. I can't forget her. And of course, What's really exciting today, a special shout out to our very first microsite, uh, a bunch of people in Hersher, Illinois. God bless you guys, Hersher, Illinois. You're the very first, I think 25 or 30 of you up there watching. And if you're watching and you want to start a microsite, let us know. We'll help you get that going. But God bless you all, and it's good to have you with us today. One other thing I want to say, shout out to Bill and Sharon Leach. Their 60th wedding anniversary is on Tuesday. Bill, how did she live with you that long? I don't know how it's going, but God bless you guys. Well, any journey towards any destination begins with identifying where you're at. And uh, you can't get to the there until you realize where you are here. It always begins at the here. And that's the question we're going to ask today. Um, Where are you? And as Nikki already stole my sermon illustration by using a map, I'm going to go back to it, this ancient tool that we used back in the 1900s for finding our way. I'm sure that Hersher is on here. I'm not going to unwrap this because you can never fold it back. (laughs) But I have visions of my mom riding down the road with the window down because we didn't have air conditioning back in the day. And I'm looking at some of you under 20 in here and you're like, under 30 in here and you're like, I might as well be talking about a covered wagon for all your concern. (laughs) This is how we found our way. And what you do is you're driving down the road at 50 miles an hour, it's blowing everywhere, and mom goes, okay, we're here at this, and then you figure out what you need to do next. Now, it got a little better over the years. Look, I can't even fold it. It got better over the years. Over the years, then we went to MapQuest, and you could get online, and you could print out directions with some arrows and stuff like that. You're still looking dangerously at a paper, while you're trying to turn, but we, we upped our technology. Of course, today, we don't have any of that stuff because we don't need it because every one of you has a personal device right now that if you turn the right app on, it will show you with this little glowing blue dot, you are here. Then that's where we're going to start today. Here we are in normal Illinois at Eastview Christian Church, or you're watching online wherever you're located on the map, and today we're going to come to Exodus 3 to find out the location of Moses. And that's where we're going to begin our journey. Moses didn't have GPS, he had GBS, get behind sheep. And wherever they went, that's where he went, and that's how he got here, all right? So guys, I'm, I'm really, really feeling funny today. I don't know. <laughs> but let's see what goes on, but it feels happy. Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, this is really um, the, the crux of what we're here for. We want to hear from the word of the Lord today. So we begin this on-purpose study. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1, now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I'll turn aside, and I'll see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. But when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, 
God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. And then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face. for He was afraid to look at God. Let's pray and ask the Lord to speak to us today. God, here we are. Here we are. Wherever we are. Some online, some in different countries, some throughout the state, throughout this, this country. Some just sitting in the balcony, some in the front row. Here we are. And uh, what I believe and what I'm praying is that you'll come near and that we'll recognize you in this place and that we'll hear clearly every name, every person as we begin to seek and ask you what our purpose is as a church and as, a, as individuals. So God, um, we've been working on this for over a year. I pray that you'll use it for your glory. That's it. That's all I want. And uh, pray that you do miraculous stuff in us even today as we identify where we are. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Well, here's what we're looking for, guys. The next six Sundays, if you just, I mean, can you do it? Can you come six Sundays in a row? And these next six Sundays, what we're asking you is simply to consider six simple questions. And if you will authentically and sincerely answer and think through these questions, I believe you'll walk away 40 days from now going, I know my God-given purpose. I know why God made me. And so, listen, you might be saying, well, this is not for me. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're 85, if you're 15, if you're in a nursing home, if you're homeschooled, if you're young, old, rich, poor, it doesn't matter where you've been, where you've come from, what you're doing. It doesn't matter who you are, what state of life you're in. Everyone can answer these questions, even if you're not a follower. You might be suspecting at this point that we're trying to grow in our following of Jesus Christ. That's what On Purpose is about. But even if you don't follow Jesus Christ yet, you can answer these questions. And uh, we start today with this, this question, where am I? Where am I? And as we said, it's really easy these days to find out exactly where we are, but we're going to begin with identifying our collective hears because that's the beginning of our on-purpose journey. For uh, Moses, his here is literally uh, a place we can identify on the map. Remember, Moses was raised in Egypt, and then Moses fled because of some stuff he did, I'll get to it in a little bit, over here to this place called Midian. And then uh, he's leading his sheep, and he comes down this wilderness into this place called Horeb, or also known as Mount Sinai. Now, you just need to understand this. It's a really easy trip when you're drawing it on a map. But it's desert, and it's dry. This is 200 plus miles, and this is probably somewhere in 100 the 150-mile range, and he's come here to this place called the mountain of God. Moses, where are you? I am in the desert at this mountain called Horeb, the mountain of God. This is the place where he starts his journey. This is also the place, by the way, which we had rights to film and video the on-purpose study over a year ago. We were going to go to modern-day Egypt and film this thing here, but, you know, COVID, right? And so we went to Vegas. So <laughs> it's true. Where else can you find desert mountains where they're obscure? So when you look at the mountains that are in the video teachings in your small groups, we're not at Mount Horeb. We, we were going to be, but they're actually the mountains outside of Las Vegas. 
And if you squint maybe a little bit, you'll go, oh, it's kind of like horrid. But the question of the day is, where are you? Where are you? Normal, Illinois. Bloomington, Illinois. But where are you? Where's your house? Where do you work? Where do you shop? Where do you, where do you work out? What's your neighborhood like? What's your house like? Maybe some of you like where you are. Maybe some of you are going, I love where, you know, we always have that smart aleck response, those of us who live in central Illinois. Hey, how you doing? Living the dream, man. Living the dream in central Illinois. But maybe you'd rather be someplace else. Maybe you desire to go somewhere. Maybe you're going somewhere else. But no matter who you are, everyone can do this. Where are you? Where's your house? Where's your street? Where's your workplace? Where's your school? But I want to go a little bit deeper because that's easy to identify stuff on a map. I want to ask the question from another perspective. Where are you in life? You see what Moses was doing in verse 1? Here's Moses. Moses, where are you? Well, I'm keeping the flock of my father-in-law. By job description, he's a shepherd. And, and that would be the explanation. Moses, where do you find yourself? I'm a shepherd. I'm wandering around this desert. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, to be a good shepherd. I don't even own these sheep. They're my father-in-law's sheep. I'm working for my father-in-law. I don't even have a, my own job, my own flocks and herds. The, by the way, the words flock here uh, mean diminutive kind of cattle. So we're talking about sheep and goats. And he's just literally wandering around uh, the, the desert, uh, keeping his father-in-law's sheep and goats. But there's a lot more to his story. There are details we need to fill in. I love this. If you have your Bibles, I, I, want, I want you to go to Exodus chapter 2. You see at the very end of chapter 2, verse 10, it says, I drew him out of water. And then in verse 11, it says, one day when Moses had grown up, in between there is 40 years. That little white space is 40 years. And then jump on down to verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 22. She gave birth to a son, and she called his name Gershom, for he, had said, he said, I have been a sojourner in the foreign land. He's, he's raising a family now in Midian. And then in verse 23, it says, during those many days, those many days are 40 years. If you want to know the timeline of Moses' life, where we find him now. Moses, where are you? Well, I'm in this place called Horeb in the desert, and I'm a shepherd, but his life is way bigger than that. It's way more than that. He was for 40 years. By the way, you go to Acts chapter 7, and Stephen, one of the first Christian sermons ever, he tells you the story and the timeline of Moses. 40 years in Egypt, killed a guy, ran. Now he's hanging out in Midian with his wife's family, and he's raising his own family, and he's, raising, he's taking care of his uh, father-in-law's goats and sheep. And for 40 years, he's there doing that. Moses is an 80-year-old shepherd working for his father-in-law far from his family, just kind of wandering around in the desert. In fact, the subtitle for this book, On Purpose, we got from the life of Moses. From running from Egypt and wandering through the desert to following Jesus Christ. And we see him today that he is going to become a follower with a purpose. Have you guys seen those memes on Instagram that says how it started and how it's going? Seen that? We, we got one. We got a great graphics arts team. Uh, praise God for their creativity. Oh, where am I? Yeah. Here's Moses. How it started. How it's going. He's going the wrong direction. He was the prince of Egypt. And now he's this broken old 80-year-old guy in the middle of nowhere at the mountain of God. And maybe you're like Moses and you're going, I, I kind of feel that way. These two parts of Moses' life we're really what we're trying to get at today. Some of us in here are running. 
Some of us are running from a past. Some of us, some of us are you know, running just in life. We, ha- we don't know where we're going. We don't know why we're doing it, but we're going to get up in the morning and routine and run, 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 run all day long. We're going to go to school. We're going to go to work. We're going to take care of our family. We're going to have our career. You're, you're, you're going to figure out a way tomorrow to get up and go fast pace all day. Many of us can be described as people who are running. Some of us also, it's like, you know, most of us are treadmill living. You're running and sweating and dying, but you're going nowhere, right? That's our life. Some of us are wandering. We don't know what's going on. We're just kind of from day to day, week to week. We're going through the motions. Life is routine. Routine living can be some of the most purposeless living there is. And I believe that thousands of us are running too fast or wandering who knows where, and we have no idea what our purpose in life is And there's one other thing I want us to consider before we move on, because if we're going to really identify where we are, we have to identify our spiritual location. Where are we spiritually? Very quickly into this story, this nowhere place and this wandering life of Moses becomes a God place because he's at the mountain of God. And uh, that's really interesting with Moses because Moses has an incredible, interesting, interesting life. He, he was born into a Hebrew family, as you know, the story. If you don't know, go read the first two chapters of Exodus. He's born Hebrew. His mom was able to take care of him and nurse him for six to seven years before she turned him over. And in those times, she's singing Hebrew songs and telling the Hebrew story and, and really indoctrinated him in Abraham's way. Then he gets whisked off to Pharaoh's uh, palace. And he's indoctrinated and he's taught the spiritual realities of the Egyptians. He goes to the finest Egyptian schools. He's taught how to think like an Egyptian, how to talk like an Egyptian, and yes, how to walk like an Egyptian. (laughs) Man, that's just funny stuff. Anyway, but I I want you to see, then he he migrates over to this place called Midian, and his father-in-law is a priest of Midian. But what does that mean? Well, Midian was one of the sons of Abraham, if you remember, by his second wife. And so there's some Abraham there, there's some Hebrew there, but probably it's a knockoff religion of the Abrahamic religion. So so if you think that you are spiritually confused and you've got a spiritually diverse background and you've been taught from a lot of different perspectives, guess what? Moses is in the same boat. A little Hebrew, a little Egyptian, a little priest of Midian, that's my religion. And all of a sudden, there where he is, God meets him. Guys, here's one thing we know for sure about COVID. COVID has made everybody in this world say there's more to this world than this world. This world is hungry for spiritual. And I'm giving you an opportunity today to find your spiritual purpose, not in something you heard your grandparents say, not in the tradition of your upbringing, not in you know, something else being uh, spread around our culture, but in the place where God meets you in your here and your now. And if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, just let me encourage you again. I believe God has a purpose for you. And that first step is to take a step towards Jesus Christ by faith and make him the Lord and Savior of your life. Can I just encourage you guys? We work really hard at putting together, um, you know, useful uh, uh, um, resources for you guys. Easy for me to say. Um, But I want to encourage you to go to our website, go to eastviewresources.com and start filling out the individual purpose worksheet. Every week, there's going to be a a block where you can fill it out, eastviewresources.com. 
and it's going to be this individual purpose worksheet, and it will help you walk through, hopefully when we get to the end of the study, you'll answer all these six questions, you'll go, here's who I am in Jesus Christ. Here's my purpose. So again, I know you guys are sitting like, not a chance, preacher. You can't make me go to the website. Do it, please, please help me, all right? Today, if you want more help answering where you are spiritually, you can go to page 157. There's a tool there to help you figure out where you are spiritually. But here's what I believe. Wherever you are, that's the starting point for living on purpose as we've never lived before because what we discover about God in the story, and I want you to hear this, this is the whole point. The whole point is like, well, I figure out where I'm at. No, the point is God shows up. God shows up wherever we are. I know, that sounds weird. Well, God could never show up where I'm at. Well, he could never show up at a mountain either or in the middle of a desert where somebody's wandering around. Listen, this is important. On purpose is not a study just helping you identify who you are and coming up with a life plan. This is not about you going, well, here I am. This is what I'm good at. I'm gonna try to do this. These are my goals and I'm gonna set myself a life plan. There are a lot of people that have life plans that do not live on purpose. Okay, this shocker, there are a lot of people that have been successful in business and they're not living on purpose. There are a lot of people that got a lot of money, but they're not living on purpose. There are people who seem successful. They're winning at life. They accomplished a bunch of stuff. And here's what I find in my life over and over and over again. The people I know, they, they pursue this thing. They pursue this goal. They pursue this title. And then they get it and they go, uh, it's not purposeful. What if we found our purpose? What if we identified where we were so that God could take where we are and take us to where he wants us to go? See, this story is just another mountain. If Moses just gets there and goes, well, here I am at Horeb, you know what? I'm gonna make some shepherd changes. I'm gonna get better. I'm gonna be a better dad and a better husband and I'm gonna go back and be a better son-in-law and I'm gonna be the best shepherd I can be and he just makes a bunch of resolutions. You know how that goes. Nowhere. But what happens here and what he discovers here is that God is in his here and God is in our collective hears because wherever we are, God wants to start something. So there's three truths I want to share with us today out of this story, wherever we are. Number one, wherever we are, God is mysteriously present. Wherever we are, God is mysteriously present. You know the story of the burning bush. You know the story, uh, and, and by the way, this, this, uh, the Hebrew word here, a sene, indicates kind of a thorn bush. So it's, a, it's just a brambly thorn bush. There's thousands of them in the desert, but there's this one that's in the mountain that Moses sees. Thank the Lord that he was lifting his eyes on that day and looking. He sees this bush that's burning, and he keeps looking. He's going, oh, there's a burning bush. And he keeps staring at it. He's like, yeah, but it's not burning. It's just a flame kind of dancing through these you know, these dry branches, it's not being consumed. He probably took a couple of selfies. He posted some stuff on Instagram. And then he decides to take a closer look. And that's what I want to encourage us to do first and foremost today. See what he says? He says, I'm going to turn aside, verse three. I will turn aside, listen, to see this great sight. You may not know it because we've got this great English translation, but the word see and the word look in this passage and saw uh, is the same Hebrew word. It's the word ra'ah. It just means to observe with your eyes. But this passage is all about seeing. 
In fact, if I wanted just to give you a paraphrase, what's really interesting, there at the very beginning of verse 2, it just says in the English translations, most of them, and the angel of the Lord. But they actually leave out the word ra'ah. The word ra'ah is there. It really should say, look, the angel of the Lord. And if you wanted to translate this whole thing, it's about seeing and what is seen and seeing God in the situation. It literally says this, look, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire. And Moses looked. And then Moses said, I'll take a closer look. And then God looked and said, hey, Moses is looking. That's how it translates. That's the Hebrew language. And and this is the, the first thing that I want to encourage us with today. If God is in fact mysteriously present where we are, then I'm just going to encourage us today to turn aside and see it. That's the blank in your notes if you're filling in your notes. Turn aside. How many times are we running and rushing past everything that's happening in our world and we don't take time to notice that God is there? Because I I believe that God is looking for you to see what happens here. God notices his faith. He goes, when God saw that he was looking, that's when God spoke. God is in your world all the time. He's at your school. He's at that table. He's in the hallway. He's in your cubicle. He's at your workplace. He's in the garage. He's in the street. Everywhere you go today, Jesus says it this way. John 5, 17, my father is working until now, and I am working as well. And if God is at work in the world today, then that means he's, in the work, he's at work in your world today. Do you notice? You're just marching past the burning bushes all around you and going, I didn't even know. Listen, God specializes in taking stories that may not feel like they're that special and turning them into special places by appearing in a burning bush. And I know that you'd like to see a burning bush, so would I. I just love to go home today and say, God, I'm seeking your purpose and walk out my backyard and one of the trees is on fire and he speaks to me. It'd be so much easier. But God's mysterious. He's mysteriously present in a conversation, in a hug, in a smile, in a circumstance, in a yes to a job, in a no to a job, in a family relationship. God is present all the time. You and I just miss him a lot. Listen, don't miss, there's God speaking now. (laughs) Maybe. Don't miss God's purpose for your future by missing his presence in your now. I want you to hear that. Don't miss God's purpose for your future by missing his presence in your now. If Moses had missed this burning bush, Moses may not have delivered the people from Egypt. Which brings us to the second reality about God. Wherever we are, God's calling. He's calling your name. I love this. Moses is just this obscure 80-year-old shepherd just wandering around in the desert. He goes to see this burning bush, and all of a sudden, out of the burning bush, Moses. I mean, that's how we, it's got to be deep, right? And like thunderous, like Moses, Moses. This week, I was thinking, it's like, it might have just been Moses, Moses. Where have you been, and what are you doing with your life? He calls him by name. There's something significant about that. Because God always calls people to purpose by name. And you might be thinking, well, of course he calls Moses. Moses is like a famous guy in the Bible. He wrote the first five books of the Bible. Of course he knows Moses' name. 
But if you don't think that he knows everybody's name, think again. In the Bible, God calls a little boy named Samuel. In the Bible, God calls a runaway Egyptian slave girl named Hagar by name. In the Bible, God chooses this dude in Ur of Chaldees and says, Abram, calls him by name. A former demon-possessed uh, prostitute in, in the New Testament, Jesus says, Mary. A big mouth fisherman, Jesus says, Simon. Christian killer by the name of Saul, God says, Saul, Saul, why are you killing me? You're like, well, those are all famous people. What, what about Matt Adiah and Arphaxad and a guy in the Christian church called Clement? The Bible has 3,237 names in it. And you know about 20 of them because they're the famous ones that are stories of faith that we tell all the time. But everyone's in there because everyone's important. And that means that for you and I, every one of our names are important. Ephesians chapter 1 tells us this story about how God chose us from before the world. It says that God, through faith in Jesus, chose us. And in love, he predestined us to be adopted into his family. He's forgiven us according to his purpose. And he's made known the mystery of his will according to his purpose, because of our faith, and he has sealed us with the Holy Spirit. That's my summary of the first kind of 10 verses of Ephesians 1. Listen, guys, if God knew you before the world began, he knows you now. And if he has a plan through his son, Jesus Christ, to save you for eternity, he knows your name. If he's going to adopt you, he had to fill out adoption papers at some point. He knows your name, and he's forgiven you. And Jesus has given his Holy Spirit. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ today, he knows your name because his spirit lives in you. Don't be mistaken. I don't care how far into the wilderness and by the mountain of God you are and how obscure you think you are and how unimportant you think you are. God knows your name and he's calling you. Trust me. And if you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, this is your burning bush because I'm looking you straight in the eyes and I'm telling you, this is your God moment. He's calling you through his son, Jesus. I want you to see this verse that talks about God's purpose in our lives. 2 Timothy 1.9, God, Jesus, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. Listen, God has a purpose. The reason you and I can have a purpose is because God has a purpose and our names are in God's purpose. Man, that's good stuff. I want you to notice Moses' response. When God calls your name, here's what you say. Here I am. That's what Moses says. Moses says, well, Moses, Moses, or however dramatically it's said at the end of verse 4, here I am. When God calls your name, answer. And I believe God is calling your name today. Every person that can hear my voice, God's calling you through this worship service even. He's saying, listen, and, he, and just imagine him saying your name twice. Will you answer him today? It, it, I even wrote a, a, a prayer that you can pray today. I double dog dare you to pray it. God, this crazy preacher says you're calling me to something bigger, a purpose that's your eternal design. If so, here I am. Amen. You don't have to put the crazy preacher part in there, but it might be the best thing to do. God, 
if you're calling me to something bigger, a purpose that you have for my life, here I am. Just make yourself available. And then there's one other thing that always happens wherever God is that we just need to note together from this story. The reality is, is that God says, uh, wherever God is, is the holy ground. Wherever we are is the holy ground where God's covenant purpose begins. I want you guys to, to notice this again with me, that there's, there's two things that happen here. And I would state it this way, if you want to write these down, they're, they're going to kind of guide us for the rest of this time together in the word. Number one, God's presence makes any old place a holy place. And God's eternal covenant makes any old place a place of eternal purpose. God's presence makes any old place a holy place. And God's eternal covenant makes any old place a place of eternal purpose. Notice how quickly Moses here changes. Weren't we just wandering through the desert? Weren't we just lost on some mountain? Weren't we just checking out a burning bush in this nameless wilderness with a bunch of sheep for companions? Weren't we just doing our job, wandering far from home? What all of a sudden happens here when God says, whoa, 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 do not come any closer. Take your sandals off your feet. You are standing on holy ground. You mean God can change and, and turn an obscure mountain reality, a desert that we're wandering through? He can turn that into holy ground? The answer is yes. And we know that because First of all, God took this unholy earth and he sent his son Jesus into it and it made it holy. There's holiness in this world today at all. If you're wondering why the world's so wicked, you're asking the wrong question. Why has this world got any holiness in it at all? It's because Jesus has died and come and saved us from our sins and there's holiness in this place today. And that means that your job is a holy place and your office and your street and your neighborhood and your house and your bedroom and your sports field and your gym. They are all holy places. You're like, no, you should be in my gym. It smells. It's not holy at all. It's holy. Because when God shows up into a place, it, it becomes holy especially when he has his people in the midst of it. If there's one Christian in any place in the world, it's a holy place. And I believe that God has a holy purpose for us because he's placed us on holy ground. So tomorrow, don't go to work. Don't go to school. Don't, don't just walk down your street or take a walk with your dog in the neighborhood. Don't, don't just go through the motions. Tomorrow, wake up and say, I'm going to a holy place because God's at work. And in this holy place, God's got holy covenant for me. That's the second part. God's presence makes any old place a holy place. God's eternal covenant makes any old place a place of eternal purpose. Did you see the covenant there? Anytime you see these three guys in the Old Testament, verse 6, I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Isaac. I am the God of Jacob. You know what that means? I'm keeping my promise. I told you that I was going to raise up people uh, from Abraham to save the world from their sins. I'm going to bless him so he can be a blessing. And that is fulfilled in the purpose of Jesus Christ. Guys, if you're here, what he's saying to Moses, hey, Moses, it's been 80 years. You remember your dad? It actually it mentions his dad, Amram. I am the God of your father. Remember his faith? I'm the God of Abraham. The God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. I'm the same God that made all those promises hundreds of years ago, and I've not gone away. And I've got purpose for you. 
Guys, today we are in covenant with God through Jesus Christ because he was the fulfillment of this Abrahamic covenant. And Galatians 3.29 says that any of us who have been born into Christ, we are Abraham's seed, Abraham's descendants. So where are you? Where are you as a follower of Jesus Christ? Because in that place, God's covenant purpose begins. He doesn't go to such great lengths to go, hey, I'm going I'm to sacrifice my son and go to great lengths to get your attention and to save you and then just let you guys chill until we go to heaven. I've got eternal stuff going on. And now I want to include you in it. One of my favorite verses that could be a, a, a big part of our purpose study. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should do, that we should walk in them. See, here's what on purpose is all about. On purpose is realizing there's a God who knows us and created us, and he's here calling our names, and he's not only calling us to his eternal salvation, he's calling us to help him with his kingdom. And, and it, nobody's off the hook here. Only the talented are created for good works. Nope. Only the gifted, only the famous, only the ones who get to be on stage, only the one. Nope. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which means that we have a purpose. What happens when you realize the place that you've identified as you're here this morning is a holy place? You take off your shoes. If we were in youth ministry, I'd make you take off your shoes right now. And if you want to, go ahead. If they don't smell bad. Guys, I think this is a holy moment for us here. Taking off your shoes is a sign of humility, but you can humble yourself in other ways. But here's why we should be humble. When we fully grasp that the God who created us from the beginning has created us again through faith in Jesus Christ and has created us for good works, then we can find purpose. So back to the question, where are you? Where are you? Where are you in life? Where are you spiritually? God's calling your name. God's there. And he's got a covenant for you. And here's what I believe. And here's what we've been praying for for months. Is that you and I will stop running from Egypt. Stop wandering through the desert. And we'll start following Jesus Christ. And he'll lead us in his purpose for our lives. Let's let today be that mountain, that holy place. Amen.